Welcome to the Coronavirus Effect, a podcast asking where do we grow from here. I am Sam Harris, your curious host. Society has never undergone such rapid changes in our lifetimes, and we all have the opportunity to learn and do something good. This podcast highlights the amazing things going on in the world and the ways that we can get involved. It's also a podcast where we discover how industries and the economy works and what the future could hold and how we can define it. If you are hoping to have an anxiety-induced panic attack, you may want to go somewhere else. There will be no live updates on the amount of people dying. There will be no scary dramatic music in the background. And there will be no reasons to crap yourself when you're already low on toilet paper. We are just going to host nice informative discussions with nice people and it's going to be great. Now breathe. Welcome to another episode on the care industry. Today we have Charles Armitage. He is a doctor and launched the app Florence. It's an on-demand staffing platform for carers, allowing care homes and staff to work in a more flexible and seamless manner. During the coronavirus pandemic, he has launched the National Care Force, helping volunteers sign up to work in any way needed to help others in their community. He has a great view of the care industry, where it's at and where it's going, and it's great to have him on the show. I'm one of the co-founders and CEO of Florence, which is an on-demand staffing platform for the care sector in the UK. So I used to be a doctor before we started Florence, and I guess saw a lot of challenges around um, flexible staffing within healthcare. So back in the end of 2016, myself, my co-founder, Dan, we started Florence. And essentially what it is, is a marketplace that connects care homes, nursing homes, to nurses and care workers looking for extra shifts. I guess the reason we're talking today is to do with something we started about 48 hours ago, which is the National Care Force. I've been having a lot of conversations with care home providers and people providing care in, to people in their own home, and they're all absolutely terrified about you know, what potentially will be happening soon uh, with coronavirus, COVID-19. Namely, they won't have any staff left, so we kind of put our heads together on Sunday and thought, what can we do about it? So we've, we're taking Florence Technology, an on-demand staffing platform that brings different parties together and giving it to volunteers and care homes to try and help them fill gaps in extremists. Cool. So uh, would you describe it as like a Uber-like platform or would that, do you feel bad with that description? Uh, we, 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 try, we try and stay away from that because of the sort of, I guess, the, the cultural, cultural type yeah. of it. Uh, I mean, it, it, is in the sense, it is in the sense that it's a, a um, it's a platform, so the, the, the workflow is that a care home manager, if they have if they're short of staff, go into the app, post a shift that they need filled, and set things like the rate they want to pay, the skills they need, and then that you know through a number of algorithms matches it to sort of credentialed workers on the other side. Mm-hmm. Um, but you could call it an Uber for the care sector if you want to. <laughs> okay, well I'm going to refrain from using that now. <laughs> On demand staffing platform, I guess maybe. Yeah, anyway, so well, but, that, is, that is true. Yeah, 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 that is true. Um, so yeah, then how did you go into sort of this transition now? And did you think about this at all beforehand, or was it just literally on Sunday you're having a conversation like, oh crap, we could do this? 
Yeah, so we, I mean, you know, we've been having over the last couple of weeks conversations with our clients. So we have about a thousand care homes across the country that use Florence. We've been having conversations with them about what they're going to do mm. when all of their staff are either sick or in self-isolation or indeed, you know, schools are closed and they can't find childcare, whatever it is. Yeah, that's the big issue. And they're all uh, very, very concerned about it. So we got together on Sunday, kind of the, the, kind of the, the, the management team, the leadership team, we just, you know, ran some ideas around of all different things we could do, a bit of like an ideation session. And, you know, very quickly it became obvious that the thing that we could do that had the biggest impact was use the kind of expertise stack that we've got, which is acquiring users at scale, credentialing them at scale, and then matching supply and demand across the country in different skill sets and take that and apply it to volunteers. So mocked it up on Sunday, we kind of put a web built you know, initial website landing page yesterday, uh, Monday, went live yesterday, had about 5,000 registrations yesterday and, you know, it's, it's ticking up at the moment. So, um, you know, it's really exciting. We've got a team frantically in the background trying to like, you know, build an actual product behind it. But, yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> hopefully we should have that shit by the end of the week. So it's pretty exciting it's stuff. Exciting. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. And so how, what can people do to get involved? Uh, what can people do to get involved? Just visit nationalcareforce.co.uk um, and sign up you'll you, you'll be you'll be added to the list and you know i think in the next sort of 72 hours we'll have we'll have the next stage of the app app which will be you can start to onboard yourself and then next week we'll be opening up volunteering opportunities across the country so yeah nationalcareforce.co.uk and share that with your mates sure okay and what are the sort of roles that you're looking for what can people be doing Sure. So, I mean, it, it depends very much on the skill set of the person. One of the, one of the sort of key differentiators is, is if you have a DBS check, which is a criminal record check, background check. So if you've got one of those, you, there's, you can basically do many, many roles. If you don't have one of those, there's still absolutely loads of stuff to be done, but it'll range from, you know, taking people who are in self-isolation, they're shopping. Because remember, there are 70, everyone over 70 is meant to be in self-isolation at the moment. How on earth do they get their shopping delivered? I tried to get an Ocado delivery. Yeah, it's like three Ocado. weeks. Well, yeah, Ocado, you can't do it. So, you know, how do all these people age over 70 get food to eat? You know, that's one thing. We've also got these care homes up and down the country where, you know, there's going to be a massive sharp staffing shortage. And they'll need people to go in and you know cook, cook dinners, just hang out with people, provide social contact, activities. There's absolutely, the, the, the options are endless for what can be done. Mm. And then at the other side of things, if you do have a DBS check, so if you're a, um, for example, if you're a healthcare worker, then absolutely you can use your healthcare skills to volunteer within the community. But that's say you're someone like a teacher or a policeman or, or maybe even someone who works on an airline, someone with a DBS check, then we really, really need people like you. So that, that come one, come all, I say. Cool. Yeah, it's nice because, I mean, there's a lot of people from hospitality industry right now that suddenly don't have work to be doing. So. Totally, totally. And, like, uh, and there's, there, is, there is so much stuff that they can be doing at the moment to, to help the more vulnerable members of our society who I think are pretty helpless at this point. Mm. Yeah, certainly worrying. Yeah. Cool. It's nice to hear that there's a lot of, good things that people can be doing besides just panicking. Um. <laughs> but I think that's one of the things is at the moment across the whole country, everyone's sitting at home, you know, maybe doing a bit of work, but maybe being quite bored, just sitting with their thoughts. And yeah. a lot of people 
I really, really want to help. They just don't know where to put their efforts. Mm. There are lots of community groups popping up and that's fantastic. I encourage people to join those. But at the same time, like, you know, there are so many opportunities out there. It's just being able to find them that's the challenge. Yeah, for sure. What do you think going to be different in after COVID-19 in terms of do you, what will care be like after this in like two years time? What will care be like after COVID-19? I think, well, I think probably what's going to happen is COVID-19 is going to be something that occurs seasonally. Uh, it's going to come back year after year, most likely. I hope by that time there'll be a degree of herd immunity in the population and also we'll have things like vaccines. But we've got to get used to the idea of seasonal bouts of an illness like this. What will care be like? I mean, care in two years' time, I have no idea what it's going to be like. Before even COVID-19, the pressures on the care system within the UK were immense, and actually globally as well. But within the UK, are just absolutely immense. You know, we've got this massively aging population and at the same time, this dwindling care workforce. You know, even before COVID-19, one and a half million people work in adult social care, which is basically community care, not NHS care. One and a half million people work in that. There are over 100,000 vacancies. So already we're dealing with a massive shortage of care workers. And that's before we even put in, put in an event like this. So in two years time, the projected problem is this is going to be significantly more. So for example, in 10, in 10 years time, there'll be double the number of people in the UK with dementia. And we'll need a care workforce that's 50% bigger than it is today. It's, it's, um, it's significant. Wow. I don't know how to solve that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Be more intelligent about it. Use, use the workforce more effectively. Encourage people to have a career in care. Professionalize that workforce. There are lots of things that we can be doing, but it's, uh, it's going to require a large join-up effort. Mm, do you think that's going to be a big responsibility on the government then to be sort of changing the way we do things? Massively. 100%. You know, it, needs, it does definitely needs to come from the government. There's definitely nowhere near enough funding for, for adult social care. That's the first step. And then from the industry itself, we need to do a lot to change, change, change the perception of the public of, of, of a career in adult social care. There's a lot we can do. Yeah. Interesting. So it's a hard one to try and sell to people. It's like a thing. But then, I mean, some people, you can go to it naturally, but yeah, it's okay. not like... <laughs> in order to work on it, you need to have a calling. I mean, it's... it's, it's mm. it, as a set of of all the sectors to work in it's probably about the most mission driven sector you can work in so the people are absolutely fantastic it's just getting people exposed to it and and, and uh, yeah exactly i mean it's an interest yeah mm, well maybe the <laughs> there's some good from this and that it highlights the usefulness of giving care and people get a chance to be exposed to it and see like the good that they can do 100 percent, 100 percent. which it's nice to see that there's some good that we can find in the whole situation. What's one of the like life lessons that you've learned that you maybe had to learn a few times before you actually took it on board? I think something certainly from the from the uh, the startup world is you can overanalyze stuff. It's better to shoot first and ask questions later. And uh, something I've definitely learned from my co-founder, Dan, I like to analyze things a bit more and he likes to not think about things and just do it. 
I think it can be good to have a good mix of that, but I've definitely learned that sometimes you just jump and see mm. what happens on the way down. Still need to be better at that. Definitely. Well, it seems like you're doing a good attempt at that right now. Mm. Your impulse. What, in terms of like developers and other stuff, because I saw you're looking for people who actually work for you directly as well as the um, things, what stuff are you still looking for there? Looking for any, anyone with, um, I guess, the digital skills, really. So, the, you know, we've got our core team that's doing stuff. We've had an unbelievable response from the UK kind of development community, people volunteering their time to help, you know, marketing specialists. That's something else we're, we're keen to do because we need to build a, like, pretty serious following an audience here. Mm. And then I think next week when we start actually kicking off and getting all this volunteering running, we're going to need, need a pretty large ops team. So, you know, anyone, that's, anyone that wants to offer their time and skills especially, skills are what we need, then uh, that's exactly what we want. So, you know, Rails devs, front end, you know, you know Rails devs, people, Flutter engineers, product managers, product designers, designers, social media marketers, Anything, we'd love to talk to you. Cool, glad I also asked that. <laughs> Don't know why I missed that out earlier. Okay, good. I think we've recovered stuff. Awesome. Cool, mate. Sounds good. Yeah. How are you feeling about your kindness <laughs> things? Oh, my kindness thing, I haven't thought about it. Uh, <laughs> uh, the kindest thing that anyone's ever done for me, um, I uh, got. I, a lot of kind things. A lot of kind things. What's the surprisingly, what's made you really happy recently? What's made me really happy recently is the number of people that are signing up to the nationalcareforce.co.uk. So it's, uh, yeah. uh, no, but actually that is a valid point. The kindest thing that I've ever, not necessarily been given to me, but experienced is that actually in a time like this, seeing like the, seeing the, the, how giving people are and how much they want to help a cause is so inspiring. And I think, you know, we're very used to as a society living in our kind of insular bubbles and, you know, being selfish millennials or whatever, but actually when, you know, when the shit hits the fan, it's people actually do really, really want to help. And that's amazing to see. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Nice lesson. I hope you enjoyed the episode as much as I did. My goal for this podcast is to help make people happier and wiser. And I'm also working on a few other projects in the podcasting space to achieve the same thing. I run the Wiser Than Yesterday podcast with a friend where we read and discuss a great non-fiction book a week. Talk about things like philosophy, psychology, the economy, self-improvement and business. Books such as The Black Swan, Anti-Fragile, Invisible Women, How to Win Friends and Influence People. It's a great resource. I also run the Growth Mindset podcast where I interview fascinating individuals from all walks of life, billionaires, Olympians, Nobel scientists, and just suspiciously happy people. I learn how to develop a growth mindset and how to define a life of success that works for you. Most recently, I've been building an app, Syncify. It's really to level up your podcast experience. You can connect with your friends in the app and listen to the same things. So you can listen live in real time with each other or create shared playlists and catch up at your own pace. You learn so much more by discussing ideas with friends. It's really silly to listen alone. You can also discover and share brilliant episodes with ease without having to try and 
recommend podcasts in different apps and just it all getting lost and confused. So it's also good for combating isolation and mental health. I personally find social media quite antisocial and I just don't find it easy to reach out to friends to chat for no real reason. But I do love doing things with other people and listening to the same content means that I can actually talk about the same things and it just gives me that friend time without going out of my way. So I really hope that it can help you and I just would love you to try out the beta version and help us build this and you can find out more about Syncify app by going to syncifyapp.com and obviously do invite your friends, it's all about friends. So syncifyapp.com. Thanks for listening. Thank <laughs> you.